This episode of TGC Q&A is sponsored by Windshape Marriage. Their passion is to create experiences that transform your relationship with your spouse and with the Lord. To learn more and see all that Windshape offers for every stage of marriage, visit windshapemarriage.org. Our team at the Gospel Coalition is excited to welcome As in Heaven into our podcast network. As in Heaven, hosted by Jim Davis and Mike Aitchison, features conversations on race and justice with more than two dozen ministry leaders. These discussions aim to help listeners process racial justice in a biblical, historical, and relational way. We pray that our spheres of influence would be places that look more like God's kingdom, where love reigns, humanity flourishes, and Christ is glorified. As in Heaven, a conversation on race and justice— Available now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Welcome back to TGC Q&A, a podcast from the Gospel Coalition, where each week you'll hear conversations between members of our council and friends who provide their unique perspective on your most pressing spiritual questions. Today on TGC Q&A, Crawford Luritz and Jason Cook discuss the question, What Bible passage do you treasure most? Let's listen in. Yeah, for me, it would be 1 Corinthians 1.18. I was at a season in college when I was trying to figure out what it meant to walk with Jesus and at an FCA retreat and preacher comes in and preaches 1 Corinthians 1.18, which says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are believing, it is the power of God. And Um, At a time when I was trying to figure out what it meant to really faithfully walk with Jesus as an athlete in a secular institution, it just kind of hit me that, man, people are blind. Um, And they're blind to see the goodness of of Jesus. They're also dead. And so it's going to be foolishness to them. And I think that day it kind of gave me courage to know that no matter what I do to try to, quote unquote, fit in, I won't ever really fully fit in because if you're not, if you've not had your eyes open by the by the gospel and really by the Spirit's work, then this is all foolishness and folly. Yeah, you know, as you're talking, man, I'm just struck with the realization. It's amazing how a verse will intercept us at a certain point in our journey, which makes it profoundly meaningful. That's what I'm getting from you. You know, um, I, that that's a this is a hard question for me to answer because there there are a number of verses at certain points in my life that have been dear to me and as you were speaking I was thinking of times when I was going through a hard time or God was redirecting me and, and there would be something that He would drop in my heart but I have to tell you probably uh, over the last uh, um, well most of my life it, it's been Joshua one eight. And uh, that's a good one, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's captured me, and uh, and I suppose I got first introduced to the verse way back in in uh, Bible college, and and uh, it, it so gripped my heart. And it's the only place in the Bible where success is descriptively defined. You know, this book of the law should not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do all that is written therein. And then you, it's interesting, he didn't say that I, God is speaking. He said, no, no, success or failures in your hands, then you will have good success. Then you will make your way prosperous and have good success, meaning your success is in direct proportion or in direct relationship to your commitment to the truth of God's word. And uh, so that was a verse that uh, my, uh, when my kids were born, the very first words they heard me speak to them. Before I say, oh, you're cute, and all that was Joshua 1.8, and our 11 grandkids' first words, if they've ever heard me speak to them, 
was Joshua one one eight and. Uh, because uh, you know, I, that, this could, I could get preachy on this one. Please do. One, one of my one of my abiding concerns about Christians these days, and I'm a pastor, and the Bible is we're getting very pedestrian about the scriptures. Some of us, uh, and the Bible is viewed as a point of reference rather than the context of our lives, and that's the reason why we're we're so shallow. We'll go, you know, get between a rock and a hard place and then do a little foray back to the scriptures and grab a Bible verse to help us right there. But we've got to make a decision that the Bible is going to be my life. And uh, God reminds me of that whenever I read Joshua 1.8 and, and Psalm 1 yeah. as well. So. Man, that's yeah. good. Well, I was, even as you talk, there's so much. Um, so I'm, I'm uh, two generations behind you. And there are a lot of men. That my, makes me feel so Well, old, I'm man. looking I'm at you, and like, I'm, <laughs> I'm just honored to be at the table. There's a lot of faithfulness. Yeah, you know, well, that's sitting. a nice way of putting it. That's a euphemism for old as dirt, but I get you, man. <laughs> but I do think there are a lot of young men my age who are pastoring and preaching yes. who have lost, in some sense, the sufficiency and the belief in the sufficiency of God's Word in an attempt to become culturally relevant or— um, more effective in communicating to a younger generation. You know, that's a profound insight because I actually think it's not so much that they've consciously lost confidence or in the sufficiency of God's word. I think unwittingly they have more confidence in their competencies than they do in God's word. Say that. And the gifting and talents we've we've elevated above the transforming power of the scriptures. And I think that that's the reason why so many younger guys burn out. We get to this place where, because we think that the craft and how I do what I do and the gifts that I have will carry the water. Well, you know, any old bush will do. Uh, it's, it's our dependence upon the Lord. It's giving ourselves to this book that's going to carry the water. Now, I'm not saying gifts aren't important. They are important. Faithfulness is important. But your gift is not a statement of your identity. It's only what God uses. My statement of my identity is Jesus and, and living and abiding in this book. Amen. And I, as you were talking, I was thinking back to 1 Corinthians 1.18 that and Paul would later go on to say this, that the power of his preaching is not in his eloquence. Yes. It's not in how he can string together sentences and illustrations. His power is actually in his weakness. Yeah. And it's in the dependence and the the power of God to do the work um, in, in, in that sense. And not, again, not that faithfulness or, excuse me, gifting doesn't matter. But man, a true trust in the sufficiency of Scripture, the power of God in the text. Um, that's that's one of the things that impacted me and intersected with me that day that still sticks with me. Mm, that's great. You know, uh, the whole idea is uh, letting God use your gift, but not having the gift own you. Letting, letting God own you, letting the Word capture your affections, and your character always has to be greater than your abilities. And if we get to that place where we're more passionate about becoming Christ-likeness, becoming like Christ, uh, then our character will eclipse our gifts. And that's, the way we, that's, that's where we're maximally effective anyway. That's good. Thanks for listening to today's episode of TGC Q&A. To submit a question that you would like to hear answered on this podcast, send us an email at ask at tgc.org. And remember to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of TGC Q&A.